Hello and welcome to today's episode of The Quad Shot, where we help you down and digest the day's most pertinent cancer news. It's December 7th, 2020. Welcome to The Quadcast. Let's dive in. First up, that MSI high. We learned at ASCO 2020 that first-line pembrolizumab was superior to chemotherapy for patients with microsatellite instability high metastatic colorectal cancer, or MSI high. Now we have those results in full publication. MSI high tumors seem to be less sensitive to chemotherapy. These tumors have a high mutational burden, though, which we've learned makes them more responsive to immunotherapy. In Keynote 177, patients were randomized to pembrolizumab or chemotherapy. Chemo regimens were modified full FOX6 or full FURY, both with the option of additional bevacizumab or cetuximab. We already knew that median progression-free survival was improved from 8 to 16 and a half months, and at 24 months, the progression-free survival rate was improved from 18 to 48%. As we've seen time and time again, the benefit of immunotherapy over chemo in certain populations is driven by more durable responses. Pembrolizumab had a higher rate of response at 43% as compared to 33% with chemo, as well as a longer median duration of response. At the two-year mark, a whopping 83% of partial and or complete pembrolizumab responses were ongoing compared to just 35% for chemotherapy. The bottom line is, pembrolizumab results in higher, more durable response rates that improve progression-free survival for patients with MSI-high colorectal cancer. Thanks to Andre, New England Journal of Medicine, 2020. Up second, pooled in the same direction. A common criticism of implementing ablative radiation as standard of care for oligometastatic disease is that the available data is quite the hodgepodge of single institution studies. Enter this meta-analysis, as published by Lair in JAMA Oncology 2020, that looked at 21 prospective studies of ablative radiation for oligometastases in an effort to more strongly establish its safety and clinical benefit. Among the 943 patients with 1,200 target lesions included, the big four comprised two-thirds of primary sites, prostate cancer, colorectal cancer, breast cancer, and lung cancer. Regarding safety, both acute and late grade 3 plus toxicity came in at a mere 2%. At the same time, Local control at one year was 95%, with over half of the subjects alive and free from any progression. As any oncologist knows, the trajectory and prognosis of oligometastatic disease varies tremendously along with patient and primary cancer, and this is what will ultimately dictate the clinical benefit of achieving local control. However, given the unquestionable safety of ablative radiation to most sites, the threshold for an individualized discussion should be low. The bottom line is, at the risk of stating the obvious, 
The first meta-analysis of its kind confirms contemporary ablative radiation for appropriately selected oligometastases, is safe, and provides excellent local control with evidence of delaying systemic therapies and even prolonging life. Up next, lap times. Despite widespread inclusion of SBRT as a standard option for treating locally advanced pancreatic cancer, there is fairly limited clinical trial data. Here are long-term outcomes from LAP-C1, which was a Dutch trial of SBRT for locally advanced pancreatic cancer following eight cycles of induction, fulfirinox. This trial used a prescription dose of 40 gray in five fractions, with the goal of covering 95% of the target with 95% of the prescription dose. Intra-target dose heterogeneity was allowed in order to meet normal tissue constraints. They allowed a maximum dose to the bowel and stomach of 35 gray in five fractions. Of the 50 patients initially enrolled, 78% completed chemo and moved to SBRT. Among those who underwent SBRT, median overall survival was 18 months. In one year and three-year overall survival was 77% and 13% respectively. Local control was 81% at one year and 53% at three years. The rate of grade three plus toxicity was 10% and two patients had grade five GI bleeds. The bottom line is long-term local control is favorable among patients who receive SBRT after full furinox for locally advanced pancreatic cancer. Thanks to Teriaka. Green Journal, 2020. Up next, colder than winter in Antarctica. We're talking minus 70 degrees Celsius cold. The temperature necessary to store Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine as a means to slow the countless enzymatic reactions that destabilize mRNA. Compare this to Moderna's vaccine that is proven stable at minus 20 degrees Celsius, which is achievable by most standard freezers, which Moderna attributes to its unique lipid nanoparticle coating. As a less technical workaround, Pfizer is planning to distribute its vaccine in dry ice, where it can safely stay for 15 days if dry ice is replaced every five days. Once thawed, it can stay refrigerated for five days but the dry ice packaging can be opened no more than twice daily for no more than 60 seconds at a time. Does anyone else foresee user error entering into the equation here? Moderna's vaccine, on the other hand, can be stored in a standard freezer for up to six months, in a refrigerator for 30 days, and room temperature for 12 hours. On a final positive note, these shelf lives may prove longer with longer evaluation time. The bottom line is, well-orchestrated vaccine administration logistics may allow you to cancel that Amazon order for an ultra-freezer. Thanks to Simmons Duffin, NPR, 2020. Up next, oh snap, pap. Cervical cancer screening just got a whole lot easier. Born from large phase 3 data, 
HPV testing alone as infrequently as every five years and not beginning until age 25 is now the recommendation of the American Cancer Society. The success of HPV vaccinations have proven the downfall of the traditional pap smear, which, granted, served us well for nearly a century. Given the pretest probability of morphologically abnormal cervical cells representing cancer is now rock bottom, along with the specificity of pap smear alone. Thanks to Phantom, ACS, 2020. Up next... A shot and a miss. Despite earning emergency FDA approval for the treatment of COVID-19 in March, a prospective randomized trial of 479 patients hospitalized for COVID-19 demonstrated that neither clinical status at 14 days nor rate of death was altered whatsoever with hydroxychloroquine as compared to placebo. Thanks to self, JAMA. 2020. Up next, first to Pfizer. The United Kingdom has become the first country in the world to approve the Pfizer vaccine, with 800 doses planned to be administered as soon as this coming week, prioritizing residents and staff of nursing homes, followed by frontline healthcare workers and anyone over 80 years of age. Thanks to Roberts, BBC, 2020. Finally, I don't do guilt. Check out the link in the newsletter for this editorial that explains how that simple statement can open the door to honest conversations with your patients surrounding smoking and other habits so you can better understand the full clinical picture. Thanks to Taylor, New England Journal of Medicine, 2020. This concludes today's episode of The Quad Shot. If you like what you've heard, please consider giving us a five-star rating and subscribing to our podcast. Also, check out our website at www.quadshotnews.com and subscribe to our newsletter. We'll catch you next time.